Good evening. Uh, I apologize once again. Just a night out start. I didn't tell anybody I was going uh, to be on live tonight, so I don't expect many folks to even uh, get on and watch us as we do this live, but it'll be here and be recorded uh, uh, whenever you want to go back and watch it and join in with it. I know <clears throat> it'll uh, it'll be there for you when uh, whenever you want to pick up and watch it. And uh, we'll be uh, in Romans chapter number 9 tonight. We're going to read verses 14 through 24. Try our best to uh, work our way through this right here. And I know the ninth chapter of Romans will be in three parts, but we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll break it out and uh, and uh, do with it what the Lord wants done. But um, we uh, appreciate the few that that are jumping on. I, like I say, I apologize. I should have posted earlier today and told you that I was going to do this live. I didn't really know if I was going to have a little bit of break in the day to do it, uh, pre-record it, and put it on YouTube, but. Uh, just didn't work out that way <clears throat> but Romans chapter number nine uh, we'll pick up with part number two tonight and then uh, uh, we'll try and make this as short as possible that way people uh, can uh, go back and study this is a got a lot of stuff in this chapter but we'll go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get started with this uh, our Father Lord we thank you God for this day we thank you for this privilege this honor and opportunity God uh, to bow in thy presence. We pray, Father, Lord, that you bless the word of God as we open it up and we begin to study it tonight. Uh, we pray, Father, that you talk uh, to our hearts. We pray that you revelate our minds. Lord Jesus, uh, let us only speak and say that which would be uh, from thee. We don't want to speak anything of ourselves, Father, Lord. We thank you, God, for Timber Ridge Church. We thank you, Lord, for... Uh, the people of God who desire and love to study thy word and we pray that you bless them God as we study thy word and open it and read it tonight we pray Father Lord if there's one maybe listening God that's never received Jesus precious to their never dying soul uh, my heart's desire would be to uh, for them to uh, confess the Lord Jesus and be saved help us watch over us keep us and care for us God will certainly praise you and thank you for what you do uh, for we ask all these blessings and favors in Jesus name Romans chapter number 9, verse number 14. We're going to read through verse number 24. It says, What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, <clears throat> Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Uh, thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth yet he find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest unto God? Shall the thing formed say to the thing that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make of one vessel honor and another uh, unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make, uh, make known uh, the riches of his glory uh, on the vessels of mercy, mercy which he hath uh, afore 
prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And that's reading 10 verses, verses 14 to verse number 24. And we picked up, or we ended last week. Uh, uh, and this is a hard chapter uh, to work our way through. We want to take as much time with it, but we don't want to take too much time. Um, I don't want to uh, burden everybody down with what we're talking about. Uh, but this has got a lot of difficult things, in all honesty, to understand. Uh, so um, we just want to do, we just want to treat it fairly and rightly. Uh, through the Word of God. But as we look back here, I just want to back up briefly for just a few minutes and touch on a couple things, and then we'll we'll move forward. Uh, so verse number 11, 12, and 13, I believe it's uh, uh, some of the most misinterpreted verses. But the Bible says, For the children being not, not yet born, neither having done anything good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, uh, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as is written, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. And a lot of people, they <laughs> they roll this immediately into salvation, and they say, well, God has therefore selected, preordained. Uh, and I want to say this, too. Uh, the definitions of election and predestination uh, and God's foreknowledge, these are all biblical terms, and we need to pay attention to them. We don't need to read over them. We don't need to throw them to the side because they are biblical aspects. Uh, but there's a lot of people have uh, thrown into them a lot of preconceived notions about what they think that they should mean, but they don't take into consideration what they do mean. <laughs> but so the Bible talks about here uh, about, and we talked about this, and, and if you didn't listen last week, you may want to go back and listen to it. I don't know if you do or don't, but um, but we'll say this. There's, there is a lot of people that they'll put into this. They'll say that uh, that God has therefore... Uh, preordained people to go to heaven, preordained people to go to hell. That's not the intention of the scripture, uh, nor does the scripture ever even speak of that. And we talk about the uh, unlimited aspect of the cross of Calvary. The cross of Calvary is for each and every person. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16, 2 Peter 3, 9. For uh, the Lord is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all uh, should come unto repentance. First uh, uh, John chapter 2, uh, verse number uh, 1 and 2, he said, I write these things unto you, little children, that you sin not. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sin, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Uh, listen, the scripture tells us over and over and over again, and it reiterates uh, to us over and over again that uh, that God's desire in the cross of Calvary was to make all men saved. Well, he wants all people to be saved. That's uh, I, 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 Listen, it, it is heart-wrenching to believe and to think that there are people today in our gospel churches that uh, that don't believe that the cross of Calvary was an extension for all men, women, boys, and girls, that they have an opportunity. If they believe on the terms of the gospel that was given to us, and this is our terms, this is the gospel terms that we have. If we believe those gospel terms, that we can be saved by faith through grace, Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. It's not what we do, it's what he does for us. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which he is, which which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, renewing, and regenerating of the Holy Ghost, which he has shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So friends, listen, we want to establish this fact tonight. There is a precious elect lady, and her name is Israel. Uh, listen, which God has selected, uh, listen, and, and it came out of the seed and the loin of Abraham. 
And God, uh, listen, he, he blessed them. He segregated them. God chose them, not because of anything, just like we just read, not because of anything good they had done or anything bad. He didn't choose, he did not choose Esau because of anything good he had done or anything he had not done. God had to select a lady, a people group, and that people group is Israel. And God preserved that people group as he called them out and he ordained them before the foundation of the world. And he ordained them to march all the way to the cross of Calvary. God preserved that seed. God blessed them with land. God blessed them with the oracles and the commands of God. God preserved them. Even when they rejected God, God watched over them. Because he was pursuing and pushing them to the place called Calvary. And at the place called Calvary is when God, listen, God didn't select or elect them at the exclusion of all others. God selected them to save all the others. Amen. Aren't you glad that through the cross of Calvary that he, uh, that his purpose, that his intention was to save lost men, women, boys, and girls. Amen. That's what the Bible Bible tells us the Bible told uh, is tell it's compelling us it is drawing us constantly and fervently it wants us to be saved uh, listen my heart's desire uh, today is that the world could hear listen receive and understand and be saved Boy, I'm telling you something, friends, today. There's so many people that reject the, the cause of Christ. They reject the cross of Calvary. They walk away from the, call, the cross of Calvary. And unwittingly and unknowingly, they seal their fate and they seal their demise. But Christ is compelling us. He is urging. He is begging us to come unto him. Uh, listen, and when he does this, it is a wooing. It is a drawing and compelling which he sends on us through the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us this in John 14. Uh, listen, he said, uh, and with the comforter, he says, it's expedient that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. And when he is come, uh, listen, the Bible says he will come and he will reprove the world of sin. What does that word reprove mean? That word reprove uh, means to convict. So uh, listen, the Bible teaches us. We understand this. Amen. This is textual proof that the word of God is true. The spirit of God has come. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. He hung between heaven and earth. He grabbed God by one hand, mine by the other. He built a bridge. He established a way. That's what the Bible was talking about in John 14, verse number one. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Friends, listen. Jesus, is. he didn't have to go to heaven I had to finish putting the shingles on the building. That's not what John 14 is talking about. Jesus was talking about going to the cross of Calvary. He said, I'm going to make a way for you. Amen. That's what he said in John 14, 60. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father lest he come by me. Doubt and Thomas 
Uh, listen, the, bre- the verse preceding that, verse 5, Downton Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus solves his, his riddle and his question. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Friends, listen, Jesus is the only way. Acts 4 and 12, the Bible said, There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not a good idea. It's not something that uh, we should do. It's a absolute necessity. If we are to go to heaven today, we must go through Jesus Christ. We cannot get there any other way. There's a lot of people, they like to uh, they like to tell us that there's a multiplicity of different ways and there's so many different things that we can do. We can add this. We can live a good life. Friends, listen to me. That's what the entirety of the book of Romans is talking about. When we walk through this, it's not how good you can do. The Bible said in 3 and 10, it said, for all have sinned or excuse me, 3 and 23, for all have sinned and, and come short of the of the glory of God. Uh, listen, in, in 3 and 10, the Bible said, uh, for there's none righteous, no, not one. Friends, listen, we understand through the word of God and textually speaking uh, that we are fallible creatures, that we are far removed from the hand of God because of our inherent sin that lies upon us. Uh, friends, but I'm telling you something today. I'm glad that we can pursue Pursue grace and the grace of God. Uh, friends, listen. The grace of God has set us free if we pursue him. Just like I say this often and I preach this often. Just like Peter. Uh, and, and listen, when he was walking upon the sea and he was looking unto Jesus and he said, Jesus, is it you? And he said, yes. And he said, well, bid me to come unto thee. And Jesus told him, he said, come on. It's no different today. Jesus stands favorably, draws us from the cross of Calvary, begging us to come, come to the cross of Calvary, receive the glory and the grace that he has to offer, because there is an eternal home in heaven waiting for us if we would just pursue him. Amen. Friends, listen, uh, if we would just respond Listen, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm not going to rehash the entirety of the book of Romans that we worked through thus far. Uh, but listen, God has this elect lady. Uh, listen, and not because of anything good she done, not because of anything bad. God was preserving this lady, the nation of Israel. This is talking about two nations, Jacob and Esau, the spiritual Israel and the physical Israel. Uh, listen. We have to understand, friends, listen, there was a physical Israel, like we've said a multitude of times. And uh, listen, this lady that uh, that Christ carried uh, to, uh, to Calvary, the Trinity, they, that she was preserved all the way to the cross of Calvary until the spiritual Israel could be instated. Uh, friends, listen, and we'll talk about that in Romans 2. Paul addresses this. He said, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision outward in the flesh, but he was a Jew which is one inward and that circumcision is not outward in the flesh, but it's inward in the heart. Not uh, listen, not of the letter, but of the spirit. So, friends, listen. When we pursue these things and we understand the intentionality uh, of that that God is constantly pursuing us. That God loves us. In 1 John 4 and 10, he said, not that we love God, but that he first loved us. Amen. God loves us before the foundation of the world. We quote this often. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 18. The Bible said, uh, listen, 
uh, that uh, we didn't obtain and receive these things by corruptible things is what the word of God, which is silver and gold received by vain conversation, uh, received by tradition of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who was verily foreordained before, 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 before the foundation of the world. He loved me. He loved you before the foundation of the world. Friends, listen, my salvation is not contingent upon my love for him. My salvation is contingent upon his love for me. Amen. Thankful. Boy, I'm thankful, friends, tonight, listen, uh, that he keeps me. He is my preserver. Uh, He is my life raft. He is the one who watches over, sustains, keeps, and nourishes in uh, in all things in this life. So listen, let's get back into this now in verse number 14. The Bible says, what shall we say then? Uh, Is there unrighteousness with God? He says, God forbid. So now he's asking a question. If you got your Bibles and you're reading along with us, in Romans 9, 14, the Bible says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? And Paul answers himself. He answers the question. He says, God forbid. So what what he is addressing here, he said, uh, is it unrighteous for God to uh, select Jacob and not elect Esau? He said, is God unrighteous in this? And he says, no, God is not unrighteous in this. And he says in verse 15, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So listen, we get into some hot button topics right here and we're, we're going to try and flesh these out and discuss them at great length. But the Bible tells us here, he said, for what saith he to Moses? I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. What's he addressing right here? We can go to uh, the book of Exodus in chapter number 33. We see a point of contention where the, uh, listen, God had delivered uh, the children of Israel. He had brought them out uh, through the Exodus. He delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. He had marched them across the Red Sea. At the uh, Listen, when he got them across the Red Sea, when Moses ascended up onto the mount to receive the command of God, the Bible tells us that they took and uh, they reverted back to their, uh, to, their, uh, uh, to their sacrilegious worship and they m- took off their jewels and their earrings and they melted down and they erected a golden calf and they began to erect, they began to worship the golden calf. And the Bible tells us here that Moses, on the on behalf of the people, God uh, showed his fierceness and his anger. And he said, well, I'm just going to destroy the people in whom I have delivered. And, God, and listen, the Bible tells us that Moses interceded on their behalf. Now, I want to talk for just a few minutes about prayer. Uh, Friends, listen, it is absolutely vitally important that we, as the children of God, that we embrace God in prayer, that we uh, we make intercession. The Bible tells us that we should uh, ask these things in the name of Jesus. He is our mediator. Uh, He is our advocate. He is the one who stands uh, between us and God. So, friends, listen, uh, in our persistence in prayer, We should constantly pursue God. Uh, Friends, listen, we should cleanse. The disciples came to Jesus on one occasion. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus told him, he told him and quoted to him the Lord's praise. He said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Uh, listen, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So, friends, listen. There is, uh, listen, there's a continuum of things that are listed in that prayer that we should pursue God for. Uh, we should uh, constantly seek God that we don't enter into temptation. We should thank him uh, for our meals. We should thank him for our health. We should thank him for the monetary blessings that we have. We should thank him ultimately that we're not going to hell. Uh, but friends, listen, uh, how persistent should we pursue God in prayer? Friends, listen, had Moses not interceded for the people of Israel, God would have destroyed them. See, friends, listen, it is adamantly clear through the text that we should be a people of prayer, that we should seek God's face. Uh, listen, the Bible tells us in the book of Chronicles, he said, if my people, which are called by my name, he said, if they would, uh, listen, uh, seek my face and humble their hearts and uh, turn from their wicked ways, the Bible tells us, he said, listen, he said, I will hear from heaven. He said, I will heal their land. And he said, I will forgive their sin. The Bible tells us in 1 John, uh, listen, the Bible tells us uh, over in the book of 1 John, the scripture said, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is something that we should do daily. This is our intercessor, our mediator. He is our brother. He is our friend. He is there to help us in time of trouble and sorrow and need. And there's so many people that are in sorrow, trouble and need today. They need the hand of God. They need the touch of God. They need the joy of God. But friends, listen, They are, the Bible tells us we don't have these things because we don't ask. Amen. And the scripture says when we do ask that we ask amiss. Uh, listen, so the scripture tells us how can, preacher, how can we ask and pray? Uh, listen, and not ask amiss. Well, the Bible tells us that whatsoever we ask according to his will, we knoweth that he heareth us. Amen. Uh, so friends, listen, if we pray in accordance with God's will is what he's looking for. So listen, we just wanted to take a sidebar and talk about prayer for just a few minutes. But the Bible tells us in verse 16, it says, so then it is not him that willeth nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Friends, listen, uh, and this is reverting back to what we just read just for a few, a few minutes ago. Listen, he said that the purpose of God uh, might, uh, uh, the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. Friends, listen to me. We need to understand today that we didn't do anything to be saved. When we repented and confessed and we found ourselves at a place of mercy, when the Holy Ghost had fell upon us and we realized that we were in a state, in a process of separation from God, we knew that conviction had found us and we realized emphatically that we are in desperate need of a Savior. When we realize that posture and that position that we found ourselves in, and we presented ourselves to our Father, and we begged with mercy that God would save us. Listen, we see this 
in the text perfectly demonstrated when the Bible talks about, uh, listen, the prodigal son. The scripture says that uh, the prodigal son, he approached the father. He said, Father, give me the portion of goods that is mine. Now, I want you to think about how atrocious it was first and foremost for the son to the ask of the father of his inheritance before his father had even yet died. Yet he asked him for it and the father gave it to him. So listen, the Bible tells us uh, that he went out and he spent all that he, all that the father had gave him. He spent, he went out and he spent it on riotous living. And when he had exhausted everything, he had, he'd expended everything. The Bible tells us that he found himself down in the miry pit of sin, just like we do, just like we did. If you are saved, uh, when we realized that conviction had reached its fullness and we realized that we were in desperate, desperate in uh, listen need of a savior. The Bible tells us uh, that this man, he had reached the same point. And the scripture says that he come down and he came to himself. And he said, are not the servants in my father's house? Do they not have better than I? Friends, listen. And he he reached the stench uh, of himself. And he said, I I smell the stench of myself down in the midst of this hog pen. And he said, I know what I'll do. He said, I'll go back to my father. Glory to God. Friends, listen. I'm glad that there's a place and point in time. I'm glad for a good Christian raising. I'm glad for that I was brought up in a good Christian home for my mother. Uh, listen, and my, and my grandparents and all those who had impression over me in my life. I'm thankful for my pastor who's gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, now, Brother Jack Plemons, he was my pastor as a child. Uh, listen, but I'm glad that he faithfully and fervently preached the word of God. God, I'm glad that I was instructed when you reach that point that I can go to a place. There's going to come a day when mama and daddy, grandmother and grandfather, uh, the pastor, the deacons, the elders, and the Sunday school teachers cannot help you, but there's only one place that we can run, and we can run to Jesus, and that's solely and wholly the only place that we can go. Hey, and the Bible tells us this, that, uh, listen, that when uh, the prodigal son, he said, he came to himself, and he said, I know what I'll do, I'll go back, and he said, I'll go back to my father, and listen, and he pulled up his bootstraps, listen, he didn't have any money because he had spent everything he's had, his clothes were uh, pitiful, wretched, uh, listen, uh, him, I'm sure he smelled like death himself, uh, but listen, he had one thing on his mind, he said, I'm going back to my father. Father's house, and the Bible tells us uh, as he uh, listen as he persisted and he made it listen all through all of his shame and his humility uh, by the passers-by on the road. I'm sure. Uh, listen, I want to tell you something, friends. Today, listen. There's a lot of people in the church house. They're not there for every right purpose or every good reason. Uh, and listen, the, 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 and I want to say this with all tender mercies and love, friends. Listen, the, I, I love the people of God. I tell you what, there's no other people that I'd rather be with than the people of God. But I want to say this, friends, listen, there's some there, uh, listen, and all they want to do is sow sow wicked seed in discord among the brethren. They just want to talk about what's not being done. 
and how it can be done, brethren. I, I like what an old preacher said one time. He said, I like the way I do it better than the way that you don't. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people today, they're there to oppress, they're there to burden, they're there to press down people in the church. And I'm sure that this prodigal son, as he made his way back to his father's house, I'm sure he was met with plenty of opposition, but he had one thing on his mind, and he had one place that he was headed. And the Bible tells us when he got there, thank God, amen, he said, and the father seen him coming from afar off. Aren't you glad tonight? Uh, friends, listen, number one, that when we realize our sinful, wicked condition, that we can run feverishly back to him. And not only that, friends, listen, he, listen, the father was waiting on the return of the son. Friends, listen. Hey, and the Bible says, now I want to I present this to you, friends, tonight. Listen, I, I, I didn't do anything to earn or to keep my salvation. When I met Jesus Christ, when I met Jesus Christ at the altar, I confessed, I repented, I tried my best to meet God's gospel terms. I came with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. The full fruition and work of the Holy Spirit was working deeply. I was crushed. Friends, listen, I realized that I didn't have a place in heaven. I realized that hell was my eternal home. And I sought the Father in mercy. But I'm here to tell you something, friends. Listen, my repentance, my prayer, my posture didn't do anything to save me. Amen. But it was the reception that I had from Jesus. Amen. Just like the, hey, the prodigal son, he could have went back to the father's house. Uh, listen, and he could have stood outside the gate looking in. Uh, and he could have never seen his father. But friends, listen to me. It wasn't the presentation. See, it wasn't my repentance. It wasn't the presentation of the prodigal son that saved him. It was the reception of the Father that saved him. It was the reception of the Father that broke him back into the fold. It was the reception of the Father that, that gave him food in his belly, clothes on his back, shoes on his feet, and a ring on his finger. It was the Father that gave him his place at the, at the king's table. It was the Father who reinstated all things that had been broken and cut away, listen, and, and destroyed by the son. See, friends, everything that I had destroyed, I came and I laid it down at the feet of Jesus. And when I laid it down at the feet of Jesus, thankful, friends, he received what I offered. Oh, thank God, friends. Now, listen, hey, I'm going to tell you something. I'd still be a lost and hellbound sinner. I, listen, I could be begging, 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 and pleading, friends, listen, had God not received me back. Thankful, friends, listen, that there is a reception made by the Father. Amen. That puts us in right standing uh, with the Father. Amen. I'm glad that through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ is where we are saved. But, but listen, that was the intention of verse number 16 when the Bible said, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. It is God that shows mercy. It is not man. It's not my good works. I've already quoted this tonight, but I'll quote it again right here in Titus 3 and 5. Not by our works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. 
He saved us by the washing, renewing, and regenerating of the Holy Ghost. It is God's mercy. It is God's love. It is God's forgiveness. It is God's patience and fervence. It is His long-suffering. It is His, listen, infallible love. Friends, it is not us. It is God. Thankful that He will have mercy on whom He will have mercy. I'm glad that He had mercy on me. I'm glad that He showed mercy to Moses. Because, on, listen, on Moses, he made intercession on behalf of the people of Israel, and God heard. Amen. God leaned his ear toward man. He seen his heart, and God saved him. Friends, listen, now the Bible says in verse number 17, so we have some random thoughts here. He said, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. He said, therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. And I want to say this, friends, tonight. Listen, there's so many people today, they say, well, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. The, the word for hardening or hard, to be hardened is to be strengthened in your resolve. Listen, I want to read this to you uh, over here in, in Exodus chapter number 5. Uh, the Bible says in, in chapter 5 verse 1, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, He said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Now there's a lot of people, they'll say, well, listen, God hardened Pharaoh, therefore it's impossible for Pharaoh to get saved. That's not even the context of the scripture right here. Pharaoh did not want to let the people of Israel go out of the land of Egypt. It didn't have anything to do with salvation. Friends, listen. So I want to tell you this. Listen, but the Bible tells us, now listen, I, I, we need to understand this because this this is a crucial point, amen? Uh, and I want to go back and just take you back over to Romans chapter 1 and read this to you. Verse number 18, and I quote this and say this a lot. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, right? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold not the truth in unrighteousness. Listen, because that uh, which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Listen, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Through creation and conscience, God, listen, I, I say this often, through creation and conscience, there is enough to lead us to understand and know that there is a God. Friends, listen, the Bible tells us this in Romans 2. While we're here, let's read this. Uh, listen, in verse 11, the Bible said, For there is no respect of persons with God, for as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. 
Friends, listen, through creation and conscience and through the moral law, listen, we've established three things here. This is not what I think about it. This is what the Word of God says about it. Amen? I'm not real interested in people's opinions about it, but I do want to know what God says about it. And the Bible says this. Listen, uh, for for when uh, the wrath of God, it is revealed. What does that mean? It is manifested from heaven against all ungodliness, Uh, and unrighteousness of men when they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Friends, listen. Uh, The Bible tells us here that Pharaoh was hardening, he was strengthening himself uh, in his own resolve because he was pushing away, uh, he uh, he was pushing back and hardening and pushing himself back from God. And the Bible tells us here plainly and uh, uh, clearly and plainly, it says when we suppress the truth in unrighteousness, uh, listen, that God will harden. Amen. This is what judicial hardening is, is when a person... Hey, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, God doesn't harden somebody unless they first push away. People today, we need to understand this. Listen, when the Spirit of God, it pursues and it, listen, it it, it pursues each and every one of us. Amen. God is not selective. God is not unconditional. Friends, listen, or listen, God is not conditional based on certain variations of things. God pursues every single person. His intention is to save any every single person. The cross of Calvary was for every single person. Every man, woman, and boy, and girl. Friends, listen. And he pursues us in that. So, friends, listen. The Bible tells us if we suppress and we reject the truth of God, listen, it's a state of hardening. That's what judicial hardening is. Friends, listen. When we walk away from God, God judicially or justice, he is justified in hardening. Why? Uh, because we are rejecting his truth. Amen. And the Bible tells us when we keep rejecting the truth of God, that we will be judged and we are absolutely emphatically without excuse. There's so many people today, they think they're getting a free pass to heaven. But friends, listen to me. You are without excuse. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter number 17. He said, the days of ignorance have passed. And he said, therefore, I've commanded all men everywhere therefore to repent that is the purpose that is the will of God is for every single person to be saved without excuse friends you are without excuse there is no excuse there is nothing we can offer there's nothing that we can do but friends listen thankfully Amen. Uh, listen, there's a lot of people that like to wad people up into one big bowl and, they, and they'll and they throw this group away and keep this group over here. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. Friends, listen, look, stop looking down your nose of righteousness. Uh, listen, and separating people apart uh, with, uh, listen, and executing your own moral judgment. The Bible has executed and declared judgment upon us all. And the Bible tells us we're all sinners. We are all hell-bound sinners. Friends, listen, had it been not for the grace, for the mercy, and for the love of Christ, uh, we would be eternally separated from God. It is God who loves us, God who pursues us, God who saves us, God who seals us, God who keeps us. Friends, listen, we are without excuse. Amen. So the Bible is telling us here. 
So it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but it's absolutely of God that showeth mercy. So then we get into this. We're talking about the hardening of Pharaoh. Uh, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that, uh, that, uh, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. So listen, God used a person, and this will, this will happen in every circumstance, in every period of life. God will use an unrighteous person. Uh, listen, and in their unrighteousness, because they have hardened themselves, God will therefore judicially harden, move away from them. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something, friends, but I'm glad, and, and I said this earlier, I'll say it again here. We can't be probably quoted enough. First John 1 and 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thankfully, friends, that we have a mercy outlet uh, because without the mercy outlet, we are all in significant and serious trouble. But the Bible tells us here, uh, listen, when we get to this point, he said that I might show my power in thee, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. So God took an unrighteous man. He took him in his sin. He was hardened. He was strengthened into his resolve. And God took that man and he declared and showed his glorious, wonderful mercy and his power throughout all the generations of people. All the people of Egypt saw this. Uh, friends, listen, simply because, simply because Pharaoh would not let the people of Israel go. But God wanted to show his mercy. God wanted to also show his power. And in the demonstration of his power, he used this man. He said, therefore, hath he uh, mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. And this is a, a text a lot of people have a lot of trouble with. And I want to say this, friends, listen. God is not bound to show mercy to us. Uh, as we've already talked about the prodigal son, God is not bound there's nothing that I can that I that I have to offer. There's nothing that I have to give. There's nothing that I there's nothing that I can pay for. There's nothing that I can exchange that will get me mercy. You see, it's the love of the Father, fully holy. It's the love of the Father, and through the demonstration and the execution of the cross of Calvary and the demonstration of His love through His Son, the Lord Jesus, that we have mercy. Because without that, we don't have anything. So, friends, listen, the Bible has given us uh, ways. Amen. It is, it, the Bible tells us, the Scripture says that if we uh, come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, what are those? Those are terms. So if we meet God on his terms, he will show us mercy. He's not obligated to show us mercy, but he said, I will. And because of his immutable will, which means to be unchangeable, because God is unchanged. There's two things that, uh, that make God immutable. He cannot lie and he cannot change. So friends, listen, through God's immutable will, uh, the Bible tells us that if we meet his terms, that we don't deserve anything, but he will show us mercy. So the Bible tells us in Acts or Hebrews 4 and verse number 16, he said, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Thankful, friends, listen, that we can have a place, that we do have a place 
in his son Jesus. And I'm glad that, listen, and I'm going to reiterate this again tonight. Friends, listen, God uh, doesn't preordain and pick people out of nowhere to harden their hearts. Friends, listen, there is a there is a persistence within the heart of man that will present that uh, to him. Uh, listen, when God approaches him, he will present that posture to God. God will see that. Friends, listen, and when God sees and recognizes that, man has the opportunity to repent. Man has the opportunity to turn around. But listen, if he doesn't take advantage of that, God will still use him in his resolve, in his unrighteousness, and even God will demonstrate his power through those people. So the Bible says, Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt, uh, thou wilt then, uh, excuse me, thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, man, uh, nay, but, O man, who art thou, that thou repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to, the, say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? Friends, listen. Let's read the next verse right here. It says, Hath not the, uh, the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Friends, listen. When we read over in the book of Jeremiah we, and we see where we are clay on the potter's wheel. We understand that we are clay on the potter's wheel. But, but I'm telling you, if you've ever worked with anything in your life, if you ever worked with uh, metal, which I've done my entire life, you've worked with wood, if you've worked with clay, uh, if you've painted different things, there's certain responses of the things that you're working with that make them, sometimes the conditions are more favorable and sometimes the conditions are less favorable. But when we reach this uh, when we reach this conclusion here, we see that the things that we are working with, they spoil the response of the thing being made and the person who is making it. So this is what the, the scripture is trying to demonstrate and tell us about here. Uh, friends, listen, it, it, it says, hath not the potter power over the clay? Yes, absolutely, the, the potter has power over the clay. God has control over us. God has control over you. He has control over circumstances. He owns the cattle of 10,000 hills. David approached him on one occasion. He said, Lord, I desire to appear to your kingdom. I listened, and God said, well, what kingdom would you build me? He said, for heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Friends, listen, we need to understand that we serve an all-wise, uh, and uh, uh, listen, uh, an omnipotent, omniscient, uh, omnibenevolent God. Listen, he is all all loving. He is all powerful. He is all knowledgeable. Uh, friends, he is immutable. He is unchangeable. So friends, listen, the Bible tells us, yes, absolutely, emphatically, he has all power to do anything he so chooses or pleases to do. But friends, listen, the response of the thing which he is working with, you and I, that response dictates what and how he can work with what we've presented. Friends, listen, it's the response of people that spoils the clay. It's not the potter that spoils the clay. It's how we respond to the gospel. The gospel message is a cry to all men, women, boys, and girls for the deliverance of their souls. He loves us. He seeks us. It is God's will for us to be saved. He desires for us to be saved. His mercy is abundant. His 
His grace, uh, listen, uh, His grace extends beyond the bounds uh, of the firmaments of heaven. He loves us, and friends, it is up to us to respond favorably to the gospel when it comes to us. Friends, listen, it is in our best interest. We've quoted this uh, already tonight, Acts 4 and 12, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Friends, listen, if we're to be saved, we have to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't come through the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not going. So the, 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 the scriptural requirements are that we come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, hath not the power, uh, hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. So friends, listen, our response, I, I want to say this, as, as a potter has a piece of clay and he's molding it, maybe the clay is too dry. Uh, maybe the clay is not forming. Maybe it's trying to harden too quick. Maybe it's not wet enough. So friends, listen, uh, he, the potter can still continue to form that pot. He can still continue to spin the bowl and the cup. But friends, listen, the outcome of that, how it's fitted, how it turns out is all due to the response of the clay. And friends, listen, I, I want to tell you something, friends, tonight. God loves us. God desires favorably and the best for us. But friends, if we don't respond in faith, if we don't respond uh, and, 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 and say, Father, it's nothing. Uh, and I said this Sunday, I love the song that says, uh, nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling. That's all we have. I don't have anything to buy it with. I don't have anything to sell. I don't have anything good to offer. I simply want to seek the Father's love and hope that he extends it back toward me, which the Bible tells us that he will. So the Bible tells us in verse 22, and we'll be done here in just a few minutes, what if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might uh, make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he hath afore prepared unto glory. So, friends, listen. Well, now we get into this idea of foreknowledge, and we've all we've always said this, and I'll just say this again right now because I believe it needs to be said again right now in context of what we're reading, is we understand God's God's progression of knowledge, God's natural knowledge, His middle knowledge, and His free knowledge. He knows what we freely could do he knows what we freely would do and therefore he knows what we freely will do so because god knows in his mind the free choices of of man in in every could would and will scenario friends listen he also understands and he also knows he can also foreknow uh, friends listen and i've all and i want to i want to reiterate and say this again Christ is not an answer to our sin. Christ is the redeemer of our sin. Christ is the savior of our sin. Friends, listen, so many people today, they think, well, Christ is the answer. Christ is our savior. Amen. Christ is our deliverer. He is the one who paid the ransom. He is the redeemer. He is the all in all. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So friends, listen, because of his knowledge, because he knows what we freely will do, friends, listen, therefore, it also gives him foreknowledge 
into those vessels that will receive by faith through grace the grace of God. He knows who will be saved. He knows who freely will be saved. Friends, listen, he knows that free volitional response of every individual agent, of every individual person because of that. Because of that, God hath prepared a place for us. Uh, the Bible tells us, uh, we had this marked over here. I'll read just a few verses here. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, uh, listen, I love this verse over here. and We need to do a, a study on this. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven, the places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be uh, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now listen, I want to apply this same ideology. We're talking about the corporate election. We're talking, listen, this is not about individuals. This is not about specific individuals. It's not about me and you at this very moment. Uh, and contextually in, in the scripture, this right here is coming from a corporate standpoint. It's talking about, uh, listen, he said, corporately, I've elected. He said, I've chosen the nation of Jacob. And listen, and he said, I've passed over or rejected the nation of Esau. Uh, listen, he didn't say I reprobated them. He didn't say I sent them to hell. He said, I chose Jacob to save Esau. Friends, listen, I want to reiterate this tonight. Friends, listen, so you hear me good, plain, and clear. God, in his tender, loving mercy, he is extended toward us, and we can be vessels of mercy. We can go to that foreordained, predetermined place. Amen. What does predetermination mean? Uh, or, or predestination. What does predestination mean? It means a destination prior to. So he has fixed a destination prior to, and that destination is made up of a corporate body, and that corporate body is called the bride of Christ. And who are the bride of Christ? The bride of Christ are those that believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who are saved and are now in Christ. If we are in Christ, we are in the corporate body, the spiritual Israel, uh, listen, who has not been replaced, but has been expanded. Listen, and it is God's beautiful bride. Friends, listen, the Bible tells us in Roman, or Revelation chapter number five, we'll not quote it all, but the Bible says uh, that John the Revelator, he said, I saw him that uh, that opened the books and loosed the seven seals thereof. And he said, when he saw me, he said, I looked in the midst of the throne, the four beasts and 24 elders, and I seen a lamb as it had been slain before the foundation of the world. Friends, listen, I want to reiterate to you here just briefly, and I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to wind this up and be done. I want to reiterate to you, uh, friends, listen, there is a bride, the 24 elders, listen, that's the new and the Old Testament, we stand together. The elect lady, the nation of Israel, stands hand in hand, arm in arm with the new spiritual Israel. Friends, listen, they are one. Uh, they have, listen, they have not replaced each other. The scripture never depicts them as being replaced. The, the scripture depicts them standing side by side. Uh, listen, in culmination, in fruition. Friends, uh, the Bible uh, is, uh, listen, is, it's explaining to us that God loves us all, not just a few. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he hath afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Thankful, friends, tonight, listen, 
His love and His mercy is extended to all of us. He seeks the salvation, the goodwill. Uh, listen, he has, uh, uh, he has prepared a place for you. I want you to hear me tonight. Uh, maybe you're listening. Maybe you'll listen later. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your Savior. There's a place prepared of God. And if you, by faith through grace, would receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior, His desire and His will is to save you. But friends, listen, if you neglect and if you don't meet the terms and the conditions of the of the gospel, of the word of God, friends, listen, there's also a place been prepared for those people. It's an eternal place. It's a place separated from God. The Bible defines it as a place known as hell. And that's where the abominable, the those that reject Christ, that's where they spend eternity just as those saved spend eternity. Friends, listen, I want to beg you and bid you, receive Jesus. Be a vessel of honor. Don't harden yourself. Don't strengthen yourself in your resolve as Pharaoh did. Don't walk away. Don't push back. Rather, find yourself fitted into the hands of the potter. Make your response favorable. If you make your response favorable, uh, listen, you'll be clay that can be worked hand, and you can be, uh, in the potter's hand, you can be made into a vessel of honor. God bless you tonight. We love you. Thank you uh, for all of you who have watched. We appreciate you. We love you. Hope that God uh, watches over you and keeps you. I will say this in closing. Uh, remember this Sunday, uh, we'll be having drive-in drive church again at Timbridge. And as far as I know, we're going to meet the remainder of the month of May in the parking lot. I think uh, the deacons have already worked it out. We've already got individual pre-packed communion cups. We're going to try our best to have May meeting in the parking lot. Uh, and uh, we're just going to make the best out of this situation uh, and give God all the glory and honor for all things that he's done. God bless you tonight. We love you.